0: Hi and welcome to the podcast channel for Podcast My Business and Content Made Easy and we're continuing on with the theme for World Vegan Month and we're welcomed with Yim D-I-E-M Fuggersberger it's a it's a interesting name Chinese Vietnamese and Austrian German influence how are you Yim?
1: Hi, Tony. Thank you so much for having me on my business podcast. Um, It's such an honor to be speaking to you.
0: Great. Okay. So we want to go through your story. You've got a a great story um, in the background of being one of the settlers from Vietnam uh, when you were like four or five. It's interesting. I came from the UK when I was about that age. So we're both immigrants, but we've had a, a bit of a different journey because, of course, um, white Anglo-Saxon, and it's a little bit easier for us. But have, how have you found things um, growing up in Australia?
1: Um, I came to Australia as a refugee mm. since um, 1980, the 20th of June we arrived in Australia. But before that, I just want to tell you a little bit. We um, I travel on a um, 25-metre boat with 504 People in the boat, and honestly, I'm not exaggerating. We were, um, we were squash like tuners yeah. because there's only. I remember there's only about three to four. Toilets for us to share amongst all the people, and we only have enough food. Uh, when I'm not talking about food, I'm talking about light snacks and, and crackers, mm. and just enough water for us to, uh, for the captain to forecast us three days to get to our first and nearest uh, refugee camp, which is Kalangkalang in Indonesia. So my family and I um, resided in Indonesia um, refugee camp in Kalangkalang for eighteen months before our, we have the sponsorship of my uncle who came to Australia two years before us. he got eight, eight sons and daughter. So they all helped 200 of my relatives to sponsor us to Australia in 1980. And Tony, I cannot tell you how much I owe Australia as a citizen. That's mm. why... Uh, I'm I'm a refugee, I'm I'm Vietnamese, I'm Chinese, but everything I do is about Australia. Like, I want to pay Australian tax. I want to uh, um, enrich the Australian economy. I like everything to be Australian made, Australian source, Australian employees. And I only, my model is only export, not import. So this country, Australia has done so much for my family. And it's, it's my way of saying thank you and give back. So to say, all my life, I've always struggled. So firstly, it was a struggle just to get out of Vietnam. And then three day, days later on the, on the boat, on my our way to Indonesia, we were incept, uh, intercepted by pirates. And then wow. 18 months in uh, Indonesia as a... Um, you know, living there 18 months, waiting for our our, our visa. And then the first time coming to Australia, um, we lived in a three-bedroom house with 15 people, and the only rooms that wasn't utilised was the bathroom and the kitchen. So every single room, like the garage, the lounge room, We used it. And and, and I say, when we came to Australia, the organisation that helped my family a lot was the the Salvation Army. They gave us beds, they gave us clothes. And, um, you know, I think all these hardships in my life has made me who I am today. And if I had to turn back times, there wouldn't be anything that would change about
0: it. Yeah. And look, that's really, really important that people realise that, yeah, you can struggle, and let's face it, we're going through some struggles at the moment with COVID and we're just through to the other side and what have you. Um, and some individual businesses have done well and mm-hmm. some have struggled and some have not made it through. And you know, that's unfortunate, but it is the way that life is. And um, yes. yeah, it's a great story that you survived and we're talking before how well you've done. Um, in the last few months, you've got massive amounts of orders overseas. so. What, what's been your success? And I didn't mention it, so let me mention it now. Cocoandlucas.com.au is mm-hmm. your website for your um, vegan food. I loved it that you had spring rolls without pork. I don't like pork, and whenever I get spring rolls, it's always got to have pork in it. It really annoys me.
1: Yes, well, uh, I'm so glad that we are actually innovating something that you would love. Mm. So uh, how, how would I, um, I think we have been very, very fortunate that um, I, uh, 12 years ago, I met a, um, a person that I highly respect and I before I started the brand, he said to one sentence to me and I never forget it, Tony. He said to me, me if you can create a product that is under $10, that for adults and under five dollars for kids, and it is good value, and is sustainable, and is helping uh, someone's health, and it's good for the environment. Even if there was a pandemic or there was a crisis, you will never be out of business. Mm. And I actually um, used this concept and created mm. Coco and Lucas, and Coco and Lucas started with junior foodies. So we started with junior foodies from the age of three to 12. So when I, um, I think uh, I launched the plant-based earth was really firstly out of necessity and really by accident, Tony, because in 2018, I did an extensive course in uh, Melbourne uh, for OSME to export meat to, oh, yeah. um, to uh, overseas. And I'm also a butcher's daughter.
0: Wow. And uh, <laughs>
1: I went home after the three days course and extensive exam, I came back a changed person. Mm. Because when I've learned that it's not sustainable the way we, you know, we, we, the, the impact on the environment mm. of how, like for example, I learned that I didn't know that a, a cow consume eight kilograms of grain a day. And by the time it goes to slaughterhouse, 24 months, it would have consumed five or six tons of grain. And I think when I look at all these things, I think this is not really sustainable. And as a human by myself, I know that I can't change the world, but I know I can do a little bit to change the world. Yeah. So I came back, I changed person. So instead of selling more products with more meat, in the, from 2019 to 2021, I launched 14 products plant-based into Woolworths and uh, from 2016 I was the only company that on a big scale of Miqba of us um, ranging in Woolworths nearly a thousand store to only use sustainable packaging so I used a, um, Mm. um, a pulp tray and when I'm using a pulp tray it might sound very simple but it's very highly expensive And also all my sleeves are craft paper, and that's also recyclable. So I've always practiced um, environmental, you know, something that's always good for the earth. Uh, I didn't want to use a plastic tray. I I wanted to use things that can be biodegradable, recyclable. So Mm. earth came to me because also at that time Woolworth came to me and said, Jimmy, can you launch five ready meals into Woolworth and I had really only three months to do that. And when I look back, you know, since that day, I have continuously invest into research and development to always improve uh, the products in plant-based meat alternatives. So at mm. the moment, if you look at my business model, it's 60% plant-based and 40% normal meals. Because right. I've always feel like I have to encourage um, you know the flexitarian, if they would consider eating plant based one or two days a week without compromising on their taste, smell, texture, and uh, I'm constantly working really, really hard, Tony, to make it more accessible to uh, you know the, the wider audience because mm. plant based not only should it be good for you, but it should be not be more expensive than the
0: normal meat, yeah, because that's yeah. interesting, isn't it? Because a lot of like, so I, I lived overseas for in Europe for quite a few years and I would buy organic fruit and mm-hmm. veggies, and there was a massive difference with organic. Now, we're so blessed here in Australia that you don't really need to buy organic fruit and veggies because the quality of our fruit and veggies are so amazingly high,
1: yes. And,
0: That's what makes things expensive for people. So people assume if it's plant-based, it must be organic, therefore it must be expensive. But you're going, well, no, it's still high quality ingredients without the huge price tag.
1: Yes, well, uh, to be fair, I I think when I'm actually making plant-based food, the the technology behind it is quite labour intensive. Mm. So I'll explain to you. So for us to go from using texture, vegetable protein in a dry form, by the time we soak it and add in the ingredients and mince it, it's actually about three or four steps. Mm. So it's actually um, using human uh, intelligence as well as equipment and the process, it is two or three more steps. So that's Mm. why the technology has made it more expensive. But my job is to make sure that I can actually automate that to to bring the cost down. Because I to, for me, besides encouraging someone to eat, a, to eat delicious plant-based, I, I have to do three things. I have to innovate. I have to always better the formula. And at the end of the day, I can tell you, Tony, this is good for you. This is good for the environment. Mm. It's got to taste delicious. Yeah. Without compromising your taste buds, you know. So yeah. we, I don't know what all the other brands are doing, but personally, from Earth, that's what we're constantly doing because, you know, my mum has always taught me: give me whatever you sell, make sure it's always good value. Mm. That that that's that's our, you know, good value for the family. That mm. that's that's our vision.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it, that we have this impression of anything that's plant based and that's good for you the cardboard box tastes better than the food a lot of the time. And you know, that's what it's known as and you're going the other way, starting off with the taste and the texture and the flavor. So people want to eat it and kids want to eat it. They're not going to eat something that doesn't taste good.
1: That's right. So the reason we have been very, very lucky to do that Tony is we are, I I, I co-founded in 2009, an ingredients company called Burger Ingredients. So is both both ingredients is a hundred percent do white label for all the major blue chip company. So we have my husband and I. We have together since nineteen ninety one a wealth of experience in um, ingredients marinades. We, we do all the ingredients and the alchemist sensory for all the major clients in Australia. Mm. And in that business, we are actually one of the leaders in servicing over 2,500 major supermarkets uh, with, uh, with helping them with, the, you know, the flavour profiles of, um, of foods. So I think we have sort of like a head start how we flavour our plant-based because we understand ingredients, taste, sensory so well so i'll give you an example when we are doing it took us eight months to nail how to flavor plant-based food because when you're flavoring a normal meat it's easier because when you uh, a, a, a chicken or a cow has um physical mechanical stimulation it like it walks it flies or it swims yeah. it's got that natural Umami taste. I was going to ask you about
0: umami. What does umami actually mean? Is there a definition? Uh,
1: It's got, you know, that that natural taste that is in normal meat, whereas in in plant-based, everything is plant. It's very bland.
0: Mm. So
1: it took us a while to know how to do the flavoring taste of plant-based. And sometimes with plant-based, it's very tricky because when you try to make it taste nice, and all of a sudden, you have a high sodium. Mm. So, you know, with plant based, there's the trickiness of, besides you're getting the balance to innovate, mm. to make it taste nice, to make sure the nutrition uh, panel looks good. So, it is something that I think all brands are working very hard on.
0: Mm. Okay. So, yes. what, what do you see? Um, you're saying you do 60% plant based and 40% traditional. Um, and you used the term. It wasn't pescatarians, it was flexitarians.
1: Yeah, and omnivores. On
0: right. So, yes, what, what does that and, mean?
1: and uh, for someone who is um, so the flexitarian is someone like yourself who is having a normal meat as well as the um the um, you know converting to plant based mm-hmm. twice a week, and then we have the pescetarian who are eating fish but no meat.
0: Mm.
1: And then you have the vegans and the vegetarian who is will buy our food. And then you have the omnivores. Uh, the my thought, I'm so sorry.
0: The omnivores. <laughs> they,
1: yes, the omnivores as well. So they all will... Because eventually, when you look at their population, at the moment we have 7 billion people. In mm. 20, 20, 2050 we have uh, 9 billion people. So you have an extra 2 billion people to feed. Right? So in a day, we have three meals. So you're looking at 27 billion meals a day. Mm. So for that two extra billion people, they made up of all the groups that I was talking about. So we have to make sure that I Mm. would like to be one of the first plant-based leader to actually service you know, that extra 2 billion people mm. to encourage everyone to have a more healthy diet. It's good for the environment. It's good for the planet. It's good for your health. Mm. And it should be good value in reasonable price. Mm. So that that's the reason why I'm, I'm, I, I'm concentrating on the plant-based sector.
0: So So are you ready to make 2 billion meals?
1: No, I, I, I said a part of it, a part of it. Even if, you know, if, I, if even if I can do 2% of that, mm. I'll be very happy.
0: Ab- absolutely, yeah. And yes. we're very lucky in Australia. We make our own food pretty much, what is it, about 97% of food that Australians eat is grown in Australia, mm-hmm. whether it's plant-based or walking and talking and flying and as you say. So, yeah. what's the future for you you're available now in Woolworths um, nationwide you're shipping out to New Zealand Um, what what about the states what what would be the profile of people in the states
1: with the states I was uh, supposed to go to South Carolina um, at the beginning of 2020 Mm. but because of COVID uh, I wasn't able to have a two days conference to present to the buys directly mm. so at the moment we are sending our ambience range plant base to america but we're only in the early stage
0: mm.
1: right because i think with america not everyone's back in the office
0: yeah that's and, right. and
1: america is quite the leader in plant base so mm. they do have a variety of options uh so besides um we're in already in quarter New Zealand will be the 7th of December, five five containers shipping to New Zealand. Mm. Uh, We are working uh, together for Singapore, the first container ASAP. And then we are doing Korea within weeks after that. Mm. And then UK, we've been working for a whole year. Mm. So uh, we will be launching UK the latest 2022 February. So, you know, for me, if I look at all those countries I add up, like, for example, um, uh, Korea's got 51 million people. That's double our population, mm. right? So even even if you add all the four countries I'm talking about, you're talking about at least 120 million people. So um, we're at a stage where we really have to scale up at least three times more, and that's why we're having second mm. shifts. We put in more people, and then last year, Tony, we we have up uh, we beat, uh, we built the two uh, plants, factories, brand new, to cater for those forecast sales.
0: Wow! Yeah, look, you know, you, you definitely are a great success story, and it's really impressive to see how well you've done. So I'm looking forward to the next part of the Coco and Lucas story, and um, thank you very much for your time.
1: Thank you, Tony. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Okay, so if we just...